the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Monday, December the 6th, 2021, in the year of our Lord. Today on September 6, 1865, the 13th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution, abolishing slavery, was ratified as Georgia became the 27th state to endorse it. Today in 1790, Congress moved to Philadelphia from New York. Later, they would move to Washington, D.C., the swamp. Today in 1877, Thomas Edison made the first sound recording. What do you think he said? (laughs) He said, Mary had a little lamb. (laughs) He spoke into his phonograph machine. That's what he called it. Today in 1877. Today in 1889, the Mark Twain novel, A Connecticut, uh, Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's Court, was first published in England, but they had to change the title a little bit. They called it A Yankee at the Court of King Arthur. Four days later, it was published in the United States, in America, under its familiar name. Today, in 1907, the worst mining disaster in U.S. history occurred as 362 men and boys died in a coal mine explosion in West Virginia. Today, in 1957, America's first attempt at putting a satellite into orbit failed. Vanguard TV-3. It blasted off. It rose four feet. Yeah, like one, two, three, four feet off the Cape Canaveral launch pad, then it crashed down and exploded. We learned from that mistake, of course, and uh, went to space anyway. Ten years ago today, declaring the American middle class in jeopardy, President Barack Obama outlined a populist economic vision that would drive his re-election bid. He insisted that the United States had to reclaim its standing as a country in which everyone could prosper if provided, this is important, I'm quoting him now, if provided a fair shot and a fair share. The fair share part kind of kisses the idea of being a stakeholder. But a fair shot, his party doesn't believe in a fair shot anymore. A fair shot speaks to equality. Equality of opportunity. And that's what America is all about. Seeing that people have an equal opportunity in America for freedom, for prosperity, whatever. But his party, in 10 years, have gone from the President of the United States calling for equality, equal opportunity, to now they're demanding equal outcome. And that's not just semantics or words. That has changed everything. And that is what is undermining the very foundations of America today. They're not seeking equal opportunity that our founding fathers outlined very clearly in our founding documents. And what even Barack Obama Personally, I've questioned over the years, 
if he even loves this country. He certainly doesn't think it's exceptional. But even he recognized that equal opportunity is foundational. Now, 10 years later, to the day, we have his predecessors calling, or his successors calling for equal outcome. Doesn't matter. Merit doesn't matter. You hire somebody because they're homosexual. You hire somebody because of the color of their skin. You hire someone because of their odd sexual behavior or whatever. Doesn't matter. Merit is out. Equal opportunity is out. Everything is about equal outcome. And, of course, the elite at the top, those in power, manage. They manage those outcomes. Very, very interesting time in which to live. I noticed over the weekend a former Illinois State University assistant football coach has filed a lawsuit against uh, his teams, the Illinois State University, against the team's head coach and the former athletic director over claims that his First Amendment rights were violated after he, he removed a Black Lives Matter poster that had been placed on the door of his office. He replaced it with, an, with a different poster. The coach says the poster was placed on his office door while he was on leave following the death of his wife. He says upon return... He found his BLM poster and he took it down and he replaced it with a poster that read, get ready for this, all lives matter to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The fired coach, (laughs) the fired coach says, it's come to this. If you put the government's message on your door, you keep your job. If you replace it with your own message, you're fired. Welcome to Biden's America. Yes, that's the path we've traveled even in the last 10 years. We live in an unusual, challenging time in our history. Sometimes it's hard for us as Christians to even determine God's will for our lives. It's always a challenge, but sometimes it's more so because of the confusion and the parsing of words and the absence of truth in our culture. Psalm 37:23 says the steps of a good man or the steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord and sometimes we just have to lean on the truth of God's word in regards to allowing God to guide us when we're not sure of the outcome. We just have to trust him. The psalmist also said Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I want to talk to you a little bit today about about some decisions that are coming up, political decisions, that people of, of God, the righteous, we're not righteous in ourselves, at least I'm not. Maybe you are, but I'm not. But I'm righteous in the Lord. God has forgiven my sins. And he sees me just as though I had never sinned. That's called justification, theologically. And that's the righteous we're talking about. It's not the self-righteous, but it's those who know they're broken sinners saved by the grace of God. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. 
You know, I would just suggest to you, we got a lot of things to talk about today, but could I just pause and maybe have you gone to church maybe your whole life or a lot good part of your life and you believe in God and you go to the church and you, you're conservative and all of that and maybe even very religious, but you have never really accepted Jesus Christ into your heart. Ask him to recognize that he is the son of God, that he died on the cross for our sins, that he was buried and on the third day he rose from the dead. The power of God raised him from the dead to become our savior and to pay the price for our sin, a price we cannot pay to a righteous God, a holy God. And it's we just simply accept Jesus Christ into our heart and our life. And maybe maybe you're a good person and, and you go to church and, and you believe the right things and you believe the Bible and so on, but you've never had a moment where you actually accepted Jesus Christ into your life. This, I would encourage you to make this your moment. We live in really kind of perilous, kind of upside-down times. Accept Jesus Christ. Just say, Lord, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you died for my sins, and I accept you as my Savior. Book of Romans, chapter 10, verse 9 and 10, says that if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that we are saved, we're born again. And that's an experience that we need to have to ensure eternity with God. So I would encourage you to take that step today, even now, as you're driving or wherever you are. Ask Christ to become your Lord and Savior. Forgive you of your sins. Believe in your heart. Confess with your mouth that he is indeed the Savior, the Son of God, the only begotten Son of God. Well, we live in an absence of truth to a great great part in our culture. Sifting is a process that breaks up any lumps in the flour. It aerates at the same time by pushing through a gadget. I can remember my grandmother several years ago. I'm over 40 now. I can remember her shaking her little sifter thing and and kind of squeezing a trigger on the handle and the flour would come out and she'd bake the stuff that she used to bake. And my wife has done that during our marriage, years of marriage. Sifting is a gadget, usually a cup with a fine wire strainer at one end, but it's also a process. The Bible usually describes sifting as separating function, like that of wheat, separating the edible from the chaff or the wheat from the tares, as the King James Version says. Democrat Senator Amy Klobuchar of Minnesota, she told Chuck Todd yesterday on NBC's Meet the Press that pro-choice Republicans have, quote, signaled interest in codifying pro-choice Republicans? Yeah, that's what she said. Codifying Roe v. Wade's verdict into law, making it law to subvert a decision, a ruling that the court seems headed to make, in her mind at least. She thinks the Supreme Court is going to overturn Roe v. Wade. I pray they do. It does look like they're leaning that way by the questions they're asking. 
but they're not going to have anything of that, the left. But Republicans are joining them. A number of Republicans are running against Republicans in the upcoming 2022 primary elections. You say, well, that's way out there. Well, maybe not. I mean, how many days are left in this month? And then it's the end of 21. Yeah, a number of Republicans are running against Republicans in the upcoming 2022 primary elections. I don't know if that will be a sifting, a successful sifting process in the Republican Party. I know what the platform of the Republican Party says, but I know there's Republicans within that party that they don't believe that. Not for a moment. In fact, I got a memo this morning from the mainstream Republicans of Washington State. They are announcing two new board directors, uh, off, uh, two kids, I mean, they're kids to me, but two young people. The mainstream Republicans of Washington Board of Directors is pleased to announce the appointment of two new board members. Learn about Marissa Gaston and Peter uh, Condiles or Condalise Billow, and they tell us about their their education. Marissa's from University of Washington, and then she studied in Israel and a number of places around the country. And so other kid, I don't know either one of these. I know some of the leadership in that movement and some that have been leaders in the past. I've known well. I've debated them, in fact, on Seattle radio. But this uh, Peter is from Western Washington University, and he has degrees in history and political science and so on. Why would you be a moderate Republican? Moderate is kind of like, and I've said this to them, so I, I mean, it's not news where I'm coming from, but why would you be moderate? You kind of believe in the platform of the, of the Republican Party, but not really. You kind of hold to some of their values, but not really. A big tent, inclusive. Yeah, that works out really well. You get a moderate Republican in the office in Olympia, and the first time she gets an opportunity, she takes off and jo- joins Joe Biden. That happened just recently. That's where moderate republicanism takes you. It stands in abject opposition, really, to the platform of the party in which you say you belong. How does that work? I don't know. I'm a simple man. But it seems to me that if you believe something, you kind of stand for that. And if you don't believe something, why would you join an organization that stands for something you don't believe in and is a major part, according to their statement or their platform. Why would Joe Biden continue to tout himself as a devout Catholic and yet shake his fist right in the face of the Catholic Church that stands for the sanctity of life? The Pope says he does. And all these bishops and whatever say they do. How does that work? How does that work for Nancy Pelosi? We live in a world where it's very duplicitous. You say you believe something and then you act differently. And it's okay. It's okay with the Pope as he welcomed and hugged Joe Biden. It's okay with Nancy. I want to tell you something. It's not okay with God. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. And that's what we're looking at. Let me spend a few minutes here this morning talking about 
Washington State in particular, but this is across the country, but in Washington State. Democrat Senator Klobuchar, she told NBC's Chuck Todd yesterday on NBC that pro-choice Republicans have signaled interest in codifying Roe v. Wade's verdict into law. She said regarding the Supreme Court, they clearly are headed toward overturning Roe. She claimed on NBC yesterday that 75% of Americans believe that the decision of abortion should be made between a, a woman and her doctor. That's a lie. There are a couple of polls out there that show that, and they are far-left polling companies. And they ask a question that was misleading. I've seen the polls that she's referring to, and it wasn't 75, it was 72%, but nonetheless, there are a couple out there, but that is generally not where America is. She criticized the court, the Supreme Court, noting that they are not going with the changing moral rays of society, but raw political power pushed those new constitutional justices onto the court. And this is going to be the outcome. The answer, she told Todd, is putting Roe, Roe v. Wade, into federal law, codifying it so the court can't overturn it. Why would a politician be a member of a party? Why would Republicans align themselves with a pro-death political party? I don't know. But it isn't just pro-life issues. It's other issues. And as I said, there's a number of Republicans across the country who are challenging incumbent Republicans in the coming 2022 primary elections. Two of them have received national attention, and they're both from Washington State. Let me talk to you about those. Lauren Culp is one. Let me talk to you about Lauren. He, yes, he ran for governor recently. Before we get into Lauren, let me express my deepest appreciation for your support. We wouldn't have this program. We wouldn't be doing this. And I am aware that there are a lot of people that are listening to it. And I am humbled and I'm grateful. And to those of you who support it, thank you so much. I would not be here without you. And to those of you who are thinking about it, thank you in advance. Just go ahead and join us. We need you. Our address is Box 399 Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 399 Bellevue, 98009. You can also contribute online at our website, faithandandfreedom.us. Lauren Culp, interesting guy. Some of you listening to this program know him. I don't know him, but Washington's 4th Congressional District Republican candidate, Lauren Culp, he told Breitbart News Saturday he's challenging spineless Republican Representative Dan Newhouse to unseat him after he failed the Republican Party by voting to impeach former President Donald Trump. And he voted in favor of the January 6th committee. Culp says, I'm running against Newhouse because he is now one of the 10 who voted to impeach President Trump, but also doubled down and voted for the January 6th commission, which is allowing them to keep the charade going and attack conservative people. A lot of people agree with what Culp said. This isn't just about getting to the bottom of January 6th. It's about, it's a vehicle. It's almost as helpful as COVID to just keep things going, keep their hands on the control levers. Culp says it's sad to see Republicans turning their back on the people who put them in office, cowering down and voting along with the radical left. So he's running against 
Dan Newhouse. And I know some of you listening know Dan, and you've supported him. I'm just telling you what's happening. He says, while he's running for the American people, Newhouse voted for gun-grabbing red flag laws. He voted to give amnesty to millions of illegal immigrants. And along with Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger, who also call themselves Republicans, he said, we, when we elect Republicans in office, we expect someone who is conservative, who will stand up for citizens' rights, who don't expect people to betray us. And it's like you said, the Democrats, we understand them. He's talking to Breitbart here, the news organization. He said, we know what we're going to vote for, you know, socialism, communism, but Republicans, we expect something different from them. Well, we do. We do. We don't expect socialism. We don't expect to vote for a Republican and have them turn against some of the most fundamental issues before the Republican Party. I think most conservatives are not Republican first and conservative and certainly not Christian, secondly. First and foremost, I can I don't speak for anybody. I speak for myself, and hopefully I speak in alignment with God's word and for the Lord. But I will tell you that I'm not a Republican first. I'm a Christian first, a conservative secondly. And thirdly, the Republican Party is the best opportunity that I have. And I think a lot of us feel that way. I don't know why these guys get into the Republican Party and then all of a sudden, they don't stand for what the Republican Party is trying to do. And the outcome of that is people like Joe Biden, who is, let's just be honest, I'm, I'm not criticizing him. I'm just saying he can hardly communicate. And he's going to be doing that with China this week. And I mean, it's just, man. And then his far left views, they're further left than he ever espoused when he kind of had his all of his faculties together as a senator for half a century. I don't know how we make those decisions, but they're wrong decisions. Forget the political party. It's damaging to America. It's damaging to the next generation, should the Lord tarry. So that's where we are. So Culp says, I will support the Constitution and my oath of office, which I've taken three times already, the first when I joined the United States Army, the second as a police officer, the third as police chief of the same department, we've got to come back within the confines of the Constitution. I think a lot of people will identify with that. And Culp is not the only Republican who feels that way. In October, the Chronicle, it's a newspaper that serves Centralia and Chehalis in southwestern Washington state. And I know uh, many of you listening are not in Washington state, but many of you are. But this is a, an example, a microcosm of what's happening across the country. But this chronicle, it published an article pointing out that there were indeed a number of Republicans running against other Republicans, but they were miserably failing in their fundraising. I got the feeling, I don't know anybody at the, at the chronicle, but I got the feeling that they were kind of pulling for the moderates if at all. 
They were miserably failing in their fundraising. And they point out that Trump wasn't supporting them financially as expected, that he only gave a certain amount of money. I can't remember what it was, but it was a certain amount of money, and they had expected a lot more, and he had really let them down and blah, blah, blah. His support of these people, Trump's support, supposedly was marginal. I don't know, but anyway, that's what they're saying. But while giving a general rundown on all 10 Republicans who joined the Democrats in their quest to get Trump, they noticed that Republican incumbent Jamie Herrera Butler had at the time raised $523,000 with $1.4 million in the bank, and they noted that her primary challenger, U.S. Army veteran Joe Kent, had raised 452132 This was a while back. It was in October when they reported this. Well, that has changed dramatically since then. Joe Kent lives in Yakult, Washington. He's a conservative, pro-life Republican. He's running as a Republican primary candidate for Washington's 3rd Congressional District. He's challenging incumbent Republican Jamie Herrera Butler. He's a gold star husband. His wife and mother of their two children, were. she was killed in military service. Both he and she served in the military. He's a retired special forces officer. Following the 9-11 attacks, Kent charged into conflict. His father lives in Portland. He said he went all in. He said he was said to be by his superiors, the elite of the elite. Although very different personalities, he shares the views of Lauren Culp. He also has another Republican running against him in the primary who shares the same concerns that he and Culp share. Oregon Public Broadcasting put out an extensive article. I wrote an article today and I included that in there. If you want to read a lot of information about what I'm talking about now, go to our website, faithandfreedom.us, and in there you'll see a link to OPB and an extensive article about Kent and another Republican running for that office that Herrera Butler holds, Heidi St. John. Now, Heidi, she's well-known as a Christian author and a public speaker. I also link to her website just for your information. Earlier this year, St. John wrote an article titled America the Beautiful, You're in Trouble. In the article, she expresses her deep feelings of love for the country. She supports Trump, although he has endorsed Kent, but she still supports Trump. And she says, although he's flawed, she said he was a great leader and great president. Washingtonians who live in the third district clearly have some prayerful decisions to make in in the coming months. And those of you in the 4th District do as well. And this mirrors what's happening across the nation. I still hear the comment from time to time, Christians should not be involved in politics. We should be completely given to preaching the gospel. I want to tell you something very clear. I was called to preach the gospel in a memorable moment in my life. I knew that God spoke to my heart. I didn't hear a voice but I certainly sense the presence of God speaking to my heart. Some of you who listen to this program probably remember it. It became somewhat discussed in our church and in the community, small community. But I know that God called me to preach the gospel. And to the best of my ability, I have done that throughout my lifetime. But I will tell you, I will tell you, God is not telling Christians not to get involved in politics because politics is real life in America. Many in our na- in our world don't have that opportunity, but you do. And to whom much is given, much is required. 
This is a time not to be debating in our minds whether we're so holy and so righteous that we can't touch these dirty politics or whether we're going to become the salt and light that God has called us to become. And you become a restraint to evil when you live out your life for Jesus Christ in active Christian faith in the marketplace. Hey, I'll see you tomorrow right here. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.